Hello, introverts. This is Wes Colton with the Introvert Unbound podcast. For this episode, I want to talk to you about six ways to be lonely. So there's this book called Comfortable with Uncertainty, and it is written by Pema Chodron, and it is a bit Buddhisty, Eastern philosophy kind of thing, but there is this one section on six ways to be lonely. So I'm going to list these six different things and I'm going to apply them to being an introvert. Six ways to be lonely. Way number one, less desire. So what does that mean in terms of being an introvert? Well, it can mean not needing these social fruits that we often think are so incredible. Now, this may be confusing to you because I'm always talking about how it is good to have a healthy social life as an introvert. Yes, but what I'm talking about is the desire to be the life of the party all the time. The desire to be that amazing dating person who is always out there in the social butterfly. The desire to be giving speeches at work and everyone's falling at your feet. So the desire for unrealistic outcomes is something that I think is worth shedding. And in doing so, it will help with that feeling of loneliness. Number two is contentment. So what that contentment means is accepting our situation. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stay that way, but it can be sort of like, you know, I am okay with having only so many friends. I am okay with maybe never finding a relationship. Again, this is not negative thinking. This is not in terms of, I'm never going to have these things. I don't even want those things. It's just being okay with things as they are currently. It can be seen as sort of a Zen trick in that you're like, all right, if I tell my brain it's okay, then I'll secretly be able to get all these things. But I think it's actually a lot deeper than that. I think it's just about, I like what's going on. It's okay. I'm fine with it. You know what? I would also enjoy this in terms of relationship or whatever it may be, but I am content with how things are right now. Can you live inside of that paradox of being okay with how things are and also being open to things changing? Number three is avoiding unnecessary activities. Now, you're probably already doing that as an introvert, but I think it's worth keeping in mind that for you, socializing doesn't have to mean going to the noisiest club in town and staying there until 3 a.m. That can be seen as an unnecessary activity. A necessary activity could be hanging out with a friend, going to the brewery, going to that little picnic in the park, that kind of thing is more necessary in terms of a social life. Unnecessary things are go ahead and cross off your list the things that you really, really don't want to do. The idea of, oh, if I need to work on myself, that means I have to go to all the places and do all the things I hate. No, it doesn't. You don't have to do those things. Cross them off your list. Another one is complete discipline. Now, in terms of being an introvert, that can simply mean having a schedule and sticking to it. It can also mean doing the things that you know you need to do for your own good. 
And that can mean, all right, once a week, I am socializing. Twice, three times a week, whatever it is. I'm going to hang out with my friend. I'm going to call that person. I'm going to respond to that person who reached out to me and not just ghost them. That kind of discipline is really beneficial to everybody, but particularly for introverts, because sometimes we need to give ourselves a little nudge to do the thing that we know is a right thing. Oftentimes, our inclination, our instinct is to just be in our own shell and bubble, which is fine most of the time and is great most of the time. But all the time, not only is it not beneficial to your life, you're not going to even enjoy it after a while. I mean, be honest with yourself. Have you ever spent a long period of time alone? After a while, it grates on you. At the very least, it's like, all right, I'm going to watch another TV show. I'm going to go online again. It kind of gets old. So spicing things up in terms of going out. I went out the other night to a writer's group thing. I hadn't hung out with people for a while. It was really good. When I got back, I enjoyed so much being at home. <laughs> and then the next night, I was like, I don't have to go anywhere. Whereas several days in a row, like, yeah, okay, this is just my night. So kind of messing with your system a little bit, taxing your system, pushing things a little bit is a positive thing and that does take some discipline. A fifth one is not wandering in the world of desire. Now that sounds a lot like the first one, which is just less desire. So this component is more about it being okay for things not to be okay. So before it's about, all right, I'm not going to desire this. I'm going to be cool with how things are but maybe you're not cool with how things are and being okay with sitting in some of the unpleasant feelings, sitting in the loneliness for a little while. Now, why would one do that? Isn't that kind of a wallowing of self-pity? Isn't that something that keeps you from eventually taking the action you need? Well, first of all, remember, maybe you're not going to be able to change everything in your life, so you better get used to some aspects of it. But the other thing is if you're wanting something so badly, it's going to be really difficult. You keep chasing something. It doesn't always work out that way. Like that cat that you want to pet, if you're too needy around it, it doesn't want you to pet it. But if you're kind of just cool, that cat may come up to you. Now, that being said, you're not just sitting at home, right? You're going to where the cat is. You're kind of receptive to what the cat has to offer. So it's not the same thing as the advice of just, yeah, don't do anything ever and everything will come to you. That is not true for an introvert. But the other aspect is feeling that pain because only if you really feel that pain will you want to change certain aspects. What we end up doing is we will mask it. We'll mask it with certain activities. We'll mask it with substances. We'll mask it with whatever our particular vices happen to be. And then we never sort of accept hey, yeah, I guess I am feeling lonely. See, there are so many components here, and this is where it gets complicated, and this is where Eastern philosophy comes into play. You got to hold all these pieces in your mind at the same time. It's both okay the way things are. It feels not great all the time. I might change things, but even if I don't, it's okay. So you're kind of covering all of your bases. It's paradox, not contradiction. Things are very complicated in this universe and in our brains. The brain is the most complex instrument in the universe. And so there's going to be a lot that we don't quite understand. But these Eastern philosophy practices, people have been doing this stuff for a long time. There's something to learn from it. And 
introverts can learn from it. You don't have to be a Buddhist or a Taoist or believe in any of that stuff to really take useful tips from it. And frankly, I think it's just about experience and frankly, science. There's science behind this. There's brain science behind this. Now, this sixth one is not seeking company in one's thoughts. And you're like, what are you talking about? That is the whole thing of being an introvert. We have all of our thoughts in our brain. They keep us company. We do processing. It's great. Yes, but sometimes it's good to just let those thoughts be. That can be a meditation practice. That can just be awareness of, okay, I'm ruminating, I'm perseverating, I'm overthinking. So this can just be watching your thoughts pass. Oh, okay, I'm thinking about the fact that I don't belong. I'm thinking about the fact that I don't really want to hang out with people. I'm thinking about this or that. So the truth of introverts is that while we are not hanging out with other people, we are very much hanging out with ourselves, which is great. But at the same time, it's kind of cheating. If you really want to be an introvert, and it's really about coming to terms with who you are as a person, maybe all of the drama that we're processing, we can let it slide for a second. We can sort of just step back and just watch the wind blow a leaf, even if it's just for a few seconds, taking a little break from that, because that is our form of stimulation. It's not that extroverts don't process their thoughts when they're out chatting with people, but it's more outwardly driven. Ours is inwardly driven, and it may be a useful activity to be aware of how much we are up in our head. And it's not saying then put ourselves out there as extroverts. It's just, can we be neutral? Can we just be chill? Can we just be, all right, here is my thought pattern. I'm walking down the road. I'm thinking about this. You know what? There's that rock. I'm just going to walk to that rock and be aware of the wind playing on my skin. That's a sensory input. It's something that may just calm us. I think that we introverts tend to think too much. And we may be thinking that more people should be thinking more. And that might be true. But I think that it could benefit us to just be able to sit with a texture or a taste, just testing that throughout the day. I found that to be really helpful to my life to just pulling back and calming myself if I'm caught in some sort of mental rut, which again, if you are by yourself a lot, your brain is going to whir, it's going to whir. The benefits of socializing is that your internal dialogue for a second there is not the main player. You're actually interacting with somebody else and that can be uncomfortable and it can be tricky and it could be a bit of a challenge and it's certainly a drain on our energy. But what if talking to ourselves all the time is draining our energy? Have you ever thought about that? The idea that as an introvert, our energy drains when we're interacting. What if we're over interacting with ourselves and we're not really giving ourselves that time to recharge, to relax and rest? Even when we sleep, we're dreaming, we're constantly processing. So this isn't about becoming some Buddha or guru. I am certainly not that. And I don't consider myself a quote Buddhist or anything like that. But I do think there is definitely wisdom there. I think a lot of this wisdom is really helpful for introverts. And so I'm trying to take that information and make it more relevant and useful and practicable for introverts such as yourself. So those are the six ways to be lonely. Go ahead and be lonely. It's totally fine to be lonely. Nothing wrong with being lonely. 
Do you want to be lonely all the time? That's the question. Hey folks, this is Wes Colton, coach and founder of Introvert Unbound. I hope you got something out of the latest podcast. And if you'd like to keep up on future episodes, be sure to subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, or wherever else you found us. If you want to go a bit deeper, please go to introvertunbound.com and sign up for our free monthly email newsletter. And if you're serious about developing a more fulfilling social, dating, and professional life, email me at Wes at introvertunbound.com for your free 20-minute zero-obligation online consult where we'll come up with a game plan for you to leverage your strengths, overcome your obstacles, and become the Introvert Unbound.